the Lord is looking for those who would stand up and say, here, I'm, here am I, send me. And do you realize that you don't have to leave home to be a missionary? You don't have to get outside of this church to be a missionary. It's probably easier now than it ever has been to be a missionary. If you have a computer, if you're able to text on your cell phone, if you're able to, to come and do work in the church, you can be a missionary. I noticed something during the, um, during the offering time. This side over here got a Waldrop shakedown, didn't you? Huh? Hey, you got something? You, you supposed to, you, what, what was he saying when he come through there? You got anything? Yeah, that's it. You got anything? I told y'all when the kids started taking up offering, our offering went up. And uh, that's, that's part of it, you know. Uh, I enjoy seeing those young men participate in church. I know it, it means a lot to them, as it meant a lot to me when I was younger to be included in things like that. And that's why I want them to, to be included in the things of the church, because they are our heart. They are part of us, and they should not be excluded. Now, anybody that wants to take up the offering is more than, off, uh, more than willing to, or more than welcome to, it's just if you're willing. So I appreciate those young men. They're always willing to step up and, and um, be a part of it. So it's a blessing, a blessing to our church, and it's helped us financially too. But no, we, uh, we praise the Lord for the blessings that He has been to us, uh, because Whenever you seek to be faithful to the Lord, He's not going to leave that unrewarded. He's going to bless you. It may not come in finances. It may not come in, in physical blessings or whatever. It, may, it's, it takes on a lot of different forms. God gives you the joy of working with Him and for Him. And that is the joy. That's the kind of joy that makes our salvation complete is when we are working with the Lord. And He lets us know that's exactly what He wanted us to do, exactly how He wanted us to do it, and we receive a blessing just from being obedient, having the pleasure of our God shine down on us. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. This morning we're going to be talking about completing the work. Completing the work. In chapter 13 of Hebrews, uh, we've had two messages already where the writer there uh, was telling the church how they're supposed to behave, the things that they're supposed to be continuing to do. And now, this morning, as we, we close out the book of Hebrews with the last several verses, starting in verse 18, we're going to see how we are to continue to complete the work that God has set before us. Completing the work. Isn't it a wonderful thing? to see the, the end of the job coming. I mean, whenever you're, you're working on something or building something, or uh, maybe you're working toward the weekend and you see Friday coming and it's working that way, and you see, you know, hey, look, the end is almost here. And the, the anticipation, the joy that you have looking forward to having that, that part done and moving on to the next step. We... Like Clay has said earlier, our work is not done as long as we are here in this body. We must continue on with the Lord in order to complete the work that He has for us. I've heard many people say this about someone who, who survived an accident or 
who uh, and survived an illness and that sort of thing, some people will say, well, God had a reason for you to, to remain. In other words, your work here is not done. And as long as we are drawing breath, that is the truth. Our work here is not done. So as we look at these items or these things this morning, help, I ask the Lord to help us understand that our task is still before us. Yes, we might have accomplished many things in the past, and we might accomplish many things today, but tomorrow is a brand new day full of God's brand new mercies, full of God's brand new opportunities for us to serve and work with Him. So let's look at our verses this morning, starting in verse 18 of chapter 13, the book of Hebrews. God's Word says to us, Pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. But I especially urge you to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words, know that our brother Timothy has been set free, with whom I shall see you if he comes shortly. Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints. Those from Italy greet you. Grace be with you all. Amen. As the writer concludes his letter to the Hebrews, he tells us what we need to be doing to finish or complete the work. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, You are so amazing to us, allowing us life and breath, allowing us the, the opportunity to worship You, the Almighty God, Creator of us, the One who gives us all things and blesses us in things. As we seek to be pleasing to You this morning, Father, we ask that You make us acceptable. This offering of our time, this offering of our attention, this praise from us, we pray that it will be pleasing in Your sight and acceptable unto You. And Father, as we seek to study, enlighten us, teach us, that we may be able to put our hands to the work, our feet to the path, our minds to the task. Father, whatever it is that You have for us, help us to do so diligently and with great joy. So, Father, bless our time together in Your Word this morning with You, in Jesus' name. Amen. Completing the work. As the, the writer there, which I believe to be Paul, that's just my personal opinion. There will be some who say maybe a little bit different, but that's okay. Um, everybody has the right to be wrong. But I believe it is, it's Paul. See, that was my attempt at another joke. Everybody has the right to be wrong. Anyway, all right. I, but just from the things that, the, the style of writing, the things that he said, 
He didn't introduce himself. He didn't say this is Paul or anything like that, but I believe it was. So here in verse 18, the writer, the author is saying, pray for us. So the first thing that we need to understand and do tonight, uh, today to be able to complete the work is be diligently in prayer. Work, work in prayer. You know this. I don't have to tell you, praying is not easy. It's the easiest thing that we can do, but it's so easy to get distracted and get kind of carried away and and not be thinking about it. And whenever we start praying, sometimes our mind gets empty and we forget what we're supposed to be praying about. And we're always busy and we're always distracted to where we say, well, I'll pray in a little bit and the little bit never hardly ever comes. It's so easy to get away from the very basic principle of us presenting our petitions unto God and asking for His blessing, asking for His direction in what it is that we are to be doing. We must be about the work of praying. Now the author here says, pray for us. He's asking for personal prayer. He's saying, pray for me. But he's asking for prayer for uh, certain things. He's asking that the ministry continue. He says, pray for us in all things we're desiring to to live honorably. He says, we're trying to be obedient to the Lord. We want to continue in the work that we're doing. And all the things that he shared with this letter, it's continuing on to bless people, minister to people. But he's asking for the church, the Hebrews, to say, God, bless this one who's sending us this letter so that his ministry not only will increase, but continue for a long time. He's asking for them to pray for him that his ministry will continue. And then, pray that he lives honorably before God. Now, here's here's something that's very, very important in our lives. We must pray for ourselves and ask God to cause us to live honorably before him. What that does is that means that we are willing to set ourselves aside and allow God to work in and through us what His will is and be pleasing unto Him. So many times we're praying about things that we want God to do for us or give to us and we forget to ask for God's sanctification in us. So the writer is saying, pray for us, not only that the ministry continue, but pray that we will honor God with our life. Hey, pray that prayer in the morning. When you wake up and thank God for the night and the rest and praise Him for the day, say, God, help me to live honorably before you today. No matter what people say, no matter what my mind tells me, or no matter what the evil one tries to bring into my life, help me to live honorably before you today. And then the author author asks in verse 19, he says, but I especially urge you to do this, to pray I especially urge you to pray that I may be restored to you the sooner. He said, pray that God will bring me to you so that not only will I be encouraged, but you will be too in my coming. He's asking for prayer. The easiest thing for us to do is pray for somebody because all it costs us is a little bit of time and a little bit of uh, mental energy. We don't have to go out of our way We don't have to go anywhere special. We can stop right where we are and pray for someone, but yet that might be the last thing that we choose to do. 
always, always remember me in your prayers. I need them. I've got to put up with you. I say that jokingly, but I do covet your prayers. Pray for everybody in leadership in the church. Pray for all of those who need be, to, to have God bless them for the day. Hey, we need to pray for one another. If you don't love somebody, you're not going to pray for them. But if you love somebody, you need to pray for them. Because you know what kind of world each one of us faces every day. You never know what someone is, is going through in any particular moment. So make sure that you present them before God and ask for God to bless them. And through them, be honored through their life. The work of praying. Let's not forget that. If we want to be complete in the Lord, we've got to make sure that we are working at praying. And then in verse 20, in the first part of 21, the Scripture says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will. You see, what Jesus has done, He did all the work for us. He accomplished some things for us that the writer has written down here. And what we've got to understand is we continue the work, but we continue the work that He was, has completed. So we fight the battles from the standpoint of victory. When we go against the enemy, we know that He is defeated and that we are on the winning side. So when we start to consider the things that are going on, we must understand what Jesus did for us. The first thing that He's brought up there, He says, the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. The resurrection is hallelujah ground. When we think about the Lord Jesus Christ being brought back from the dead, He says, I'll lay down my life and I'll take it up again. You see, the third day, He rose. He came back up out of the grave. He is no longer there. He is not dead. He's alive today. And with that, we have the promise of everlasting life being resurrected from the dead. The Scripture says that He is the first fruits from the grave. And the first fruit always precedes the harvest. And guess what? That's us. We're the harvest. But there has to be the first fruit first, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was resurrected from the dead to never die again. There were those before Jesus who were resurrected. But you see, they tasted death twice. Lazarus, Jesus called him out of the grave and says, Come forth. He died, and Jesus brought him back on the fourth day after he was dead. But guess what? He died again later on. Jesus, after his death, burial, and then resurrection, never will face the grave again. We'll never see death, ever, living eternally. We have the hope working in us of the resurrection. And then the writer brings to mind that Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. The great, Jesus talked about Himself and He says, I am the door of the sheep. And He says, I am the good shepherd. I'm not a hireling. He says, I'm the one who takes care of the sheep, gives His life for the sheep. And then I'm reminded of what it says in Psalm 23. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not be in need. I shall not anything because He's enough. He's complete. And when I have Him, I'm complete in Him. He is the great shepherd. The work that He has done for us, He has set the resurrection before us. He takes care of us. He provides for us. He has also completed the covenant. Look what it says there. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Jesus came forth and set forward a new covenant. At the Last Supper, Jesus brought the cup out and He says, this is the new covenant in My blood. See, the old covenant was the the law, the Mosaic covenant. They must follow this set of rules. And if you follow that set of rules, then you you will be pleasing unto God. If you offer these sacrifices, if you do all these things, you see, God will, will cover your sin for a time. It's not completely atoned for, but it's covered for a time. And the new covenant was the everlasting covenant, the once and done deal that Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. It's over. It's finished. He accomplished it. And when we accept it, then we are agreeing to the terms of the covenant that we give ourselves to Him because He gave Himself for us. That's the new covenant. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, it talks about that covenant. And says it, and for this reason, He is the mediator of, of the new covenant. By means of death, He gave Himself for us for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. The covenant is everlasting life in Jesus' name. That's the new covenant. He gave Himself, He gave His life so that we can have life, and He wrote it with His blood. Signed the deal, the contract, the covenant. We can't change the covenant, the rules, the regulations. We we have no say-so. We either say yes or no. The work that He completed for us. The resurrection. Taking care of us. Providing everlasting life for us through the covenant. And then He says in verse 21, Make you complete in every good work to do His will. We're not complete without the Lord Jesus Christ. See, God created mankind perfect in the Garden of Eden. And some ask, well, was there any... Ever any perfect man? Yes. Adam was perfect until Eve was created. Just kidding. All right. He was created perfect. But the only perfect man was the Lord Jesus. I'm going to get in bad trouble, aren't I? The Lord Jesus Christ was the perfect man. Now, because of that, when we are in Christ Jesus, we can be made perfect, complete, Not yet, but one day. And that's the hope. That's what He is working for us, what He has done for us. We have the hope of everlasting life. We have the hope of being perfect before God one day. 
That's the work that He's done for us. Now, continuing in verse 21. May the God of peace make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight. So, not only is He working for us, but He's working in us. And that's what he wants, to, he wants to get our attention with this morning. Not only has He accomplished His purposes, He has set forth before us everlasting life. He wants us to have completeness in Him, but it must go through us. You see, He's not going to do anything that you don't want Him to do. He's not going to force Himself upon you. What He does is says. This is the reward. This is the work. This is the completeness. This is the service. Choose it or don't. You know the goodness of the reward. You know the penalties of the punishment. The choice is yours. Now anybody with the brain, anybody that can, can look at the facts and think logically, you know what they're saying? Reward is good. Punishment, bad. And yet the world turns to the punishment by rejecting the reward. Rejecting the completeness of the Lord Jesus Christ and how He wants us to behave. He says, this, this will make you complete in every good work to do His will. When you accept Christ Jesus as your Lord, surrendering to Him every step of your day, every time you move your hands, everything that comes out of your mouth, when you submit yourself to Him, He completes His work in you. Jesus lived on this earth approximately 33 years. His work continues today through His church. That means we, or He, works through us. We work with Him at His will. He's working that into us, that submission, that humility, that, that willingness to go along with what He wants us to do, which replaces what we want to do, which replaces our selfishness. It, it replaces our me-first mentality and replaces it with a Him-first mentality. He's trying to work that into us so that we will be well-pleasing in His sight. He wants to work His will into us. You know how to get your prayer answered every time? Pray according to the will of God. Every time it will be done. But if you pray according to your will, it depends on whether it's God's will or not before you get an affirmative answer, a positive answer. You may not get the answer that you want. But if you pray according to the will of God, you ask God what He wants to do. When He shows you, you ask Him, Lord, complete it in me. Have me to be about that business. Help me to do that. That's what you've called me to do. Help me to do it. And He will answer it every time positively when it's His will. Pray according to His will, and He will accomplish His work through you. And guess what happens? When you submit to the Lord... In that way, He's working that into you, and you are willing to follow along with Him and go with His will, then the witness that comes from you following God permeates throughout your community. 
throughout your realm of influence, whether it be your family, your workplace, your school, whatever it may be. You see, God works in and through you so that you will be a witness for Him. You may not realize this, but when God is working in you, people know it. When God is not working in you, people know it. God has called us to be a lighthouse. Each one of us, not just in one place here in the church, but everywhere we go, we should be bringing the light into the darkness. The Scripture says, Jesus, you don't light a candle and put a bushel over it, or a basket over it, or a bucket over it to hide the light. You light the candle so that everybody can see by that light. We are His light. We are His witness. When we are seeking to complete the work, we submit ourselves to Him so that when He works in and through us, people will glorify our Father in heaven. They will see the work. And they won't praise us. They'll know that it's from God because we can't do it. It's beyond us. And when it's beyond us, they understand and know that there's a supernatural cause behind it, and the supernatural cause is God. So completing the work. The first work we look at is praying. The other work is allowing God to work for you, all the things that He has completed, and then in you, the things that He wants to grow and put or, or help you with, and then the last part of verse 21. Working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Christ Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He wants to work through you. He wants to work through you. But it's Him who does the work. So the work is actually through Him, and we're a conduit. It's just like turning the light switch on. The electricity is there. The switch breaks the current. When you flip the light switch on, the current is able to run through the switch and get to the source or the destination, the bulb. So He wants us to be that connection. He might want to bless somebody this week that you know. But he needs somebody to take the electricity to them so that they can see the light. So you make the connection between the Lord and them, and when that connection is made, the light bulb goes off and God is glorified. And you see, being a part of that is electric. I did it on purpose. Can you believe that? I did that on purpose. It's electrifying. To have God work in and through you. And if you hadn't felt that in a while, imagine the God of the universe taking you and blessing someone else through you and blessing you in the process. He wants to work through you by what you do, by who you influence, and by who you worship. Because what you do 
influences those around you and who you worship influences you who influences everybody that's around you. I know that's not good English, but that's how it works. When you worship God, He influences you. When God influences you, you influence others. And others will then be influenced by God. And that, when God completes that work, it's amazing to watch God move in somebody else's life through you. The last work this morning. The first one was praying. The work of praying, and then the work that Christ has done for us, and the work that Christ wants to do in us, and then the work that Christ wants to do through us, and then the last admonition in the last four verses is this, that we bear with one another, the work of bearing. And I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the work of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. The first thing that he mentions there is the Word. The Word of God. Our, the work of bearing. We must bear the Word of God. Now, there's a couple different meanings to the word bear. First of all, we've got to take it. We've got to, to hold up under the weight of it. As if it was pressing down on our shoulders. We must study the Word of God to understand it so that we can carry it. And Jesus says, my burden is easy. My burden is light. He said, if you take my yoke upon you, you're going to be blessed. So when we put Him first, when we dig into His Word, when we seek to, to carry this burden, it's not heavy. It's not hard to understand. There's a lot of helps out there. There's a lot of people who would be willing to... to lend a little knowledge or a little uh, education, all those things. There's so many things out there that will help us to understand God's Word. If somebody says, I can't understand anymore, what, I can't understand what the, the Bible says, or I just don't understand it, it's because they don't want to understand it. They don't want to study it. They don't want to uh, look at a translation that they can understand and then go back to, you know, what I like to do is I have the New King James Version. I have the, the King James Version. I have several different translations. And whenever I'm studying a passage of Scripture, I go and read most of them and see what the wording is in them. So, because sometimes a, a more literal translation or an updated translation helps me to understand the old translation a lot better. So many helps out there for us when we, when we take on the Word of God. It's a blessing to be able to carry it for the Word of God. First of all, it presses down on us. And it changes us. It makes us exert effort toward being holy and righteous. But then, as we carry it forward, we're taking it to somebody else. The Word. Bearing forth the Word of God. You know, Jesus' commission to the church, to the apostles, and to everyone that's followed His go. Go and make disciples. And how do you make disciples? The Scripture says they, they learn by hearing the Word of God. They, they won't know, they won't respond unless they hear it. So we've got to be caring. We've got to be bearing it. And there's the other thing about bearing. As the Scripture tells us many times over, 
we are to bear with one another. Bear with one another in the church. Did you know that the church is made up of imperfect people? If you didn't know that, let me be the first one to tell you, you're not perfect. And I'm not perfect. And with our differences, we have to understand that we are different. We're going to react different. We're going to speak different. We're going to do different. We're we're going to maybe have different uh, ideas and things like that. But we are one, so we've got to bear with one another. Bear with the oppositions or impositions or all those things but also we are to help them carry the burden that they are carrying we've got to bear them up the scripture says this might be one of the hardest things to do you know just like in praying we don't we don't pray for those that we don't really don't care too much about and we don't want to help those that we really don't care too much about but that's what we're called to do as the church as the hands and feet of jesus We are to bear one another up. Bear with their worries. But we also, as we said before, we've got to be bearing forth the witness of God. As the final words are given in Hebrews, the writer says, Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints. Those from Italy greet you. And the final pronouncement, the benediction, is a blessing. Grace be with you all. Amen. The grace of God be with you all. Amen. The writer says if you want to complete the work of God, you've got to get to work. You've got to start working. You've got to be praying. You've got to be allowing God's work for you to work in you and through you, bearing with one another to forward advancing the kingdom of God. Then the work will be complete. But the work can't start in you unless you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Unless you've humbled yourself before Him to accept His offer of everlasting life, giving your life to Him. You see, it's part of that covenant that we talked about. The covenant in Jesus' blood. He paid the price so that you can go free. But you've got to accept the price. You've got to accept His forgiveness. You've got to accept His yoke upon you without you accepting Him as the Lord of your life, then He can't be the Savior of your life. So today, if He's not started working in you because you don't know Him, isn't today a great day to get to know Him? To give your life to Him? To secure for yourself everlasting life in His name? by proclaiming Him as the Lord of your life. The Scripture says, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet to lose his soul? Seek Jesus while He may be found. Come to Him today. Let's pray together, please.
Lord Jesus, we lift you up. We want the world to know that you are our King, our Savior. Thank you for what you have done in and through us. Help us to carry forth the work. Help us to show people your mercy, your grace. Help us to show them the importance of your salvation and eternal life. Father, this morning, bless your people. All those that are sitting here this morning, my prayer is, Father, that they are saved. But Father, if not, I'm asking for that one that is not to turn to you and accept your salvation. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.